listening to Women's Waves, a podcast by Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter. My name is Florence Bellopage. Thank you for listening. April 26th is Lesbian Visibility Day. This is why we present to you this episode on lesbian erasure and lesbian visibility. Feminists are fighting for women's sexual freedom. We understand lesbianism as women's sexual autonomy and control over our bodies. But the true feminist deals out of a lesbian consciousness, whether or not she ever sleeps with women. What you just heard is a quote from Audre Lorde. Lesbian women are still fighting to be seen, to exist. 40 years ago, lesbian photograph Jeb published a book called Eye to Eye, where she features pictures of lesbian women. She says she photographed lesbians because they were invisible. She did not see her life and the lives of other lesbians in her community represented anywhere. This year marks the 40th anniversary, and it's celebrated with a relaunch of the book. It's beautiful and powerful. And so on this episode, I invite you to listen to two interviews. First, Leanne Timmerman from Get The L Out UK, Lesbian Strength Leads, and Lesbian Me Too. It's followed with an interview with Natalie from the Vancouver Lesbian Collective. And at the end, a treat for you, a poem by Christos. So my name is Liane. Uh, we are, um, I am part of Get the L Out. I'm also part of Lesbian Strength Leads. And I'm also part of Lesbian Me Too. Get the L Out is, um, we are mainly for um, lesbian visibility. We want to show lesbian visibility. We learned from our first action in London in 2018. Uh, we had so many uh, responses from from young lesbians who who thanked us. And um, yeah, it's mainly about lesbian visibility, and it's the same for lesbian strength as well. We are doing that as uh, lesbian visibility because so many. Uh, yeah, lesbians, they don't want to be called lesbians because they think uh, it's a shame to, to call themselves lesbians due to the LGBT uh, soup and so on. Can you explain to me in what ways lesbians are erased? Okay, well, lesbian erasure uh, means lesbian do not exist in patriarchy, there is a definite desire to erase our existence. 
um, for me, especially um, with the LGBT queer movement, which uh, is a big part of lesbian Eurasia because uh, they want um, girls or women who don't comply with uh, femininity, they want them to be straight. They, they want them to be, you know, like trans men alter their body and so on and so on. I, I only say the word, uh, the word uh, compulsory heterosexuality. We are all, we are all growing up in this, in this um, framework that there is nothing else. You know, that's the thing in, uh, say, for example, in mainstream uh, TV, um, it's all about entertaining men. And um, yeah, with uh, pornography, you, you would never find a porn without lesbian so-called sex, whatever men's fantasy is. And yes, pornography has got a lot to do with lesbian erasure as well. You mentioned you're part of a lesbian Me Too. Do lesbians get less attention when it comes to male violence against women? There is a little bit of a blur, I feel, um, when we get sexual harassment. We are not quite sure, is it because we are female? Or is it because we are getting that sexual harassment because we are lesbians? That's why we are getting that. So these are kind of blurry things and then also I was thinking about you know say what happens to me when I was you know like 15, 16, 17 or whatever um, you you kind of dealt with this at that stage and then you don't really want to go back to it if that makes sense uh, so uh, yeah there's all this kind of stuff going on um, with lesbians, I think, with this lesbian Me Too thing, you know? Yeah, and it sounds like lesbian Me Too is also part of lesbian visibility because, like, the conversations around, like, violence against women is often, like, um, around, like, heterosexual relationships or violence by men, and it's sort of like we think that lesbians might not, like, experience that, but actually, like, you are women in the world. Mm. I mean, the, the other thing is, um, I've, uh, from my experience now, from being uh, older, is that I get more hate than sexual violence. I get like, uh, you need to die, you need to get cancer, you, you, you need to die in a fire, and there's more like this kind of stuff going on than sexual violence. There's more this hate against me if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is also something, you know, when you are younger, maybe it's more sexual, but when you're getting older, it's more like this, this kind of stuff going on. What is the part of the common experience for women and girls to hate their female body in the phenomenon of females transitioning to identifying outside of womanhood? I mean, um, I um, I know that every single one of us, you know, lesbian or not lesbian, has some kind of uh, experience of sexual harassment, rape, um, 
and all kinds of these things. And because um, also there is, you know, porn is is a big uh, part of it as well, where, uh, you know, the boys are getting younger and younger uh, in harassing, harassing girls. And who wants to be, become a girl or woman these days? And uh, I mean, it starts as soon as we we are growing breasts, for example, we are getting sexualized, you know, as young 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 girls. When I was uh, when I started, uh, you know, growing breasts, for example, um, that was the worst thing which could ever happen to me, because then I realized that the um, interaction with with the boys were different, and. I wanted my breasts gone. I really wanted my breasts gone de uh, desperately. And if I think now, if I would would have been grown up in in this queer movement, I could have been easily one of the young women sitting um, at a conference uh, talking about um, detransitioning. You know. So for me, there is actually an obvious link between body dysmorphia and gender dysmorphia. Uh, the female hatred of one's body is uh, quasi universal in patriarchy. Most of us internalize this very early. There are in entire industries feeding this self-hatred and financially benefiting from it. The makeup industry, the fashion industry, and plastics uh, surgery industry as well. And both are um, body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria attempt to escape the rigid constraint of femininity. That is a sexist stereotype which enforces, uh, it's been enforced on females. How is feminism and lesbianism intertwined? Yeah, that is a good question because it's a little bit the same as um, lesbian and uh, feminism is intertwined the same as heterosexuality and patriarchy. That's the way how I see it. How is it for you when you came out as lesbian? What was the political or the social context? And would you say it has changed now? Um, for me, I never came out as a lesbian, actually, because for me, it's, um, um, I was, you know, very, a very young uh, girl um, who, you know, like kind of knew that I didn't want to marry, that I didn't want to have a boyfriend and so on. And uh, I always felt if I if I go and say to somebody, oh, I'm a lesbian, you know, I I felt that was wrong because no heterosexual comes to me and say, oh, hello, my name is so and so, and I'm heterosexual, and for me that was always wrong, and I always was like, you know, I I I was myself, and I um and I felt if I come out and say, oh, I uh, excuse me, I'm a lesbian. That there was something wrong with me, and there was there is nothing wrong with me, but wrong with everybody else. <laughs> uh, for me, um, when um, uh, 
it was not talked about when I was, you know, like a teenager. My first uh, um, experience uh, when I saw the first lesbian was actually Martina Navratilova. And, um, you know, for me, it was like, wow, 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 wow. And then uh, also um, at the time when I was younger or when I realized, you know, I was different to other girls, that there was a women's movement. And now there's nothing, there's nothing for, for lesbians, you know, for younger lesbians. There is a queer movement, but there's nothing else. So, and that's uh, also like a really important thing to build a new, you know, women's movement um, to show visibility and to have conscious raising groups and so on and so on. What are your events or actions in relation to lesbian visibility? Um, we are planning, um, yeah, we've got um, um, for lesbian strength, we are planning um, like a panel discussion uh, with um, different uh, lesbian from different backgrounds, just to have a chat about, you know, lesbian visibility, how it is now, how it was, uh, you know, in the 80s or 70s. So that should be interested. And also we are planning of doing as uh, get the allowed um, a discussion on the lesbian Me Too. Woman Who Embraces Lesbianism as an Ideological, Political, and Philosophical Means of Liberation of All Women from Heterosexual Tyranny must also identify with the worldwide struggle of all women to end male supremacist tyranny at all levels. As far as I'm concerned, any woman who calls herself a feminist must commit herself to the liberation of all women from coerced heterosexuality as it manifests itself in the family, the state, and on Madison Avenue. The lesbian feminist struggles for the liberation of all people from patriarchal domination through heterosexism and for the transformation of all socio-political structures, systems, and relationships that have been degraded and corrupted under the centuries of male domination. That was an excerpt from Lesbianism, an Act of Resistance, by Cheryl Clark in the book This Bridge Called My Back. Uh, so my name is Natalie Willock and I am a member of the Vancouver Lesbian Collective. Tell us about the Lesbian Collective. How was it founded why is the existence of your collective important in Vancouver? So the Vancouver Lesbian Collective is a volunteer grassroots collective of lesbians working towards lesbian liberation and fighting for the sexual, bodily, and political autonomy of lesbians. In 2015, one of our founding collective members, Danielle Cormier, 
heard about Rape Relief hosting an event with Julie Bindle that centered lesbians and she saw it as a good opportunity where lesbians would be gathered in the same room. Over a number of years, lesbian culture had been eroded, lesbians were disappearing from the public realm, young lesbians were facing a different style of backlash, and it was becoming increasingly taboo to have female-only space. At the event, Danny asked lesbians if they were interested in organizing on a long-term basis and forming a radical lesbian feminist group, and the collective was formed shortly after that. Since its inception, the collective has grown its membership, held monthly collective meetings, participated in the Vancouver Dyke March to make a feminist lesbian presence, demanded guaranteed level income for all, supported the feminist anti-violence movement, and hosted lesbian potlucks. If you're interested in our actions or joining the collective or supporting us, you can visit our website at vancouverlesbiancollective.com to learn more about us and get in contact. The collective is important as lesbianism is a part of women's liberation from patriarchal forces and compulsory heterosexuality. Lesbianism allows women to resist men's sexual access and asserts that men are not entitled to women's bodies. Living as a lesbian can offer women greater freedom in the world. How is it for you when you came out as a lesbian? What was the political or social context and how has it changed now? I don't think I remember knowing about any lesbians when I was growing up. I knew more about gay men, um, but not about lesbians. And it was, I think, mostly when I started volunteering at Relief because I did start doing that very young, very young in my life, um, that I did learn about um, lesbianism or meet lesbians, I would say. I probably knew about lesbianism, but I didn't um, know any lesbians um, beforehand. With compulsory heterosexuality, I didn't, I couldn't even imagine growing up that lesbianism would be a possibility, like an option, a choice that I could make. Um, it never crossed my mind. So that I would say is a big, a big impact of it. When I was 19 years old, I started volunteering at Vancouver Rape Relief in the transition house and on the rape crisis lines. Another volunteer at the time, Jacqueline Gillian, who is also a member of the Lesbian Collective and chooses to live as a lesbian, suggested I consider lesbianism. And so I thought a lot about it. I read feminist lesbian literature. And today I also choose to live as a lesbian and be involved in lesbian feminism by being a Vancouver Lesbian Collective member. Lesbian always has and will be exclusive. Lesbianism never has been encouraged by society and lesbians have been punished, labeled and institutionalized throughout history. Girls are still raised to desire the male gaze and see themselves as being married to men when they grow up. I don't think that context has changed. What the backlash against lesbians looks like, how it is acted out has changed. I think that is different today. In the 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, lesbians created lesbian spaces and culture. 
fought to expand the ways in which women could live and behave. Lesbians were called man-haters and frigid, and today lesbian culture has been pushed underground and lesbianism is under threat. Currently, lesbian culture consists of secret and private events like meetings and potlucks. Lesbians are pressured to use the inclusive term queer, told to accept males as lesbians, and medicalized in labels as boys and men if they exhibit stereotypical masculine traits. Lesbians are called turfs, swerfs, bigots. We are no platformed. Some of us have experienced physical violence for our views. The Lesbian Collective of Vancouver rejects these pressures from heteronormative patriarchal forces and fight for the political, bodily, and sexual autonomy of lesbians. In what ways are lesbians erased? So my collective and I have been meeting with lesbians across the province to discuss lesbian erasure and visibility for consciousness raising, analysis, and action. We've been sharing our experiences of lesbian erasure and how this affects us. When discussing our experiences of lesbian erasure, many lesbians mentioned how there used to be a lot more lesbian spaces in the city and around the world, such as lesbian organizing centers, bookstores, cafes, and music festivals. Now there are no more physical lesbian spaces left in Vancouver, not even one lesbian bar. Another concept we're talking about is um, fighting the lesbian being a porn category. Uh, it's very damaging when you want to go re research lesbianism. Um, often all you get is porn results. A few years ago, a lesbian couple on a bus in London were beaten for not kissing on demand from men. In response to our show of Lesbian Pride at the Vancouver Dyke March, featuring lesbian activists, symbology, experiences, and opinions in our messages, the Vancouver Dyke March Board published a statement labeling us as a hate group, so we can't even participate in the one Pride event that is intended for, uh, or used to be intended for lesbians. The word lesbian is seldomly heard anymore and shoved into other so-called inclusive terms like LGBT, queer, etc., which are a disservice to lesbians and act as a lesbian erasure disguised as inclusivity. The word lesbian is rarely used today. After death, lesbians are often not called lesbians anymore. News after the death of Sarah Hagazi did not refer to her as a lesbian, as well as a plaque celebrating the 19th century diarist Anne Lister admitted that she was a lesbian. Residents of Lesbos in Greece attempted to stop homosexual women calling themselves lesbians because they were unhappy with lesbians using the term and frequently the island. And mainstream media's representation of lesbians today is of women who are married with children, wholesome, non-threatening, have middle-class values. They just happen to be lesbians instead of lesbians being women who critique and want to change societal values and norms, who envision more for all women, and who want freedom for women. That's where I think the definition of lesbian, where it's female choosing to um, be only in sexual relationships with other females is or relations with other females is important because 
there is so much of that expectation on younger women sometimes to kiss another woman, but it doesn't have significance in the sense that that's not lesbianism, but it is this pornified view of what lesbianism is and lesbianism is exclusive and um, it denotes that it's not, you know, men do not have access to all women's bodies. Women are expected to conform to feminine beauty standards and it's not uncommon for women and girls to hate their female body. What is the part of this common experience for women and girls in the phenomenon of female transitioning to identifying outside of womanhood? I think that that's a part, but I don't think it's only about hatred towards our female bodies. I think it is also wanting to reject how girls and women are socialized and treated in our society, all the male violence we face and sexist nonsense we are taught to deal with. Women are conditioned to desire the male gaze and have to deal with a lot of unwanted attention from men. So I think some women that transition or identifying outside of womanhood are wanting it to be a way to not receive this unwanted attention, to try to improve the conditions of their lives as women. Also, society teaches girls and women to be in relationships with men. So then if a woman wants to be in a relationship with a woman as a lesbian, then she may think, oh, maybe that means I'm a man or my life might be easier if I am a man. Women who are detransitioning, female detransitioners, are saying it was an attempt to escape some of the conditions of their lives and experiences being treated as women in our society. These women are saying that transitioning didn't resolve the issues or improve their lives as they thought it might. For females, nowadays, sometimes there's more of a push to use an inclusive term such as queer or even gay uh, because it's less definite than the term lesbian. Um, but then on the other hand, I think some um, males are starting to, to use the word lesbian. And so then it becomes important to take back what that word has meant and will continue to mean for all time in terms of um, females choosing to um, only be in sexual relationships with other females. Um, so that's one thing that's really important. And one big aspect of lesbian erasure is that it's certain people are trying to co-opt the definition of the word. How has feminism and lesbianism intertwined? Uh, so feminism and lesbianism is completely intertwined for me. Feminism is about fighting for women's liberation and freedom, including women's autonomy, and lesbianism is part of that fight. Lesbianism is integral for women's liberation from patriarchy, especially compulsory heterosexuality. And then for me, um, being involved at Rape Relief, so coming at it from more initially thinking about it from a feminist perspective, then I also learned about how lesbianism is intertwined in that way. Who are and who were your lesbian models? I'm appreciative of the members of the Vancouver Lesbian Collective 
and all the women who hear about us and then join us, all the lesbians who fought and who continue to fight for the rights and freedoms of lesbians and women worldwide. Many have been labeled as turf, swerf, or transphobic for not towing the LGBTQ line. It has always been difficult for young lesbians to find lesbian role models, and now they have the added struggle of figuring out, is it okay for me to have this lesbian as a role model? Will I be labeled as a TERF? Will this get me expelled from the only community I have access to? Just for reading a feminist lesbian author, say for example, Julie Bindle. The Lesbian Collective celebrates our lesbian heroes every year when we participate in the Vancouver Dyke March. We have shown support for lesbian activists worldwide who have faced backlash over their fight for lesbian autonomy and have increased the visibility of lesbians who are being erased from our history. We have featured Julie Bindle, Mary Lee, Sheila Jeffries, Sorwana Inez de la Cruz, Peach Yogurt, Daughters of Belitis, Magdalene Burns, Julian Vigo, Get the L Out, The Furies, Audrey Lord, Ann Lister, Lavender Menace, Max Dashu, Linda Bellos, and ourselves, the Vancouver Lesbian Collective. And thankfully, we have those lesbian feminist books as well. So that that is, I think, really important. And and that's what I'm say concerned about. So me, when I was younger, those types of books, some of them would still be at the public library. Um, but I don't know, given the current climate, whether that will continue to be the case. You know, I would hope so, because I think those are really important because that's a, a accessible way for for young women to to uh, access lesbian feminist theory and, and thought. Mm -hmm. What actions did you or are you having around lesbian visibility? So the Lesbian Collective, we're both discussing as well as taking action around lesbian visibility. So at the moment, um, to try to increase lesbian visibility, we're di discussing who participates in lesbian erasure and how we can take action against that who we will challenge or confront about their participation in lesbian erasure and how we can make a lesbian presence in the city. In terms of actions, we put up posters for International Women's Day. We have made a lesbian feminist presence in the Vancouver Dyke March for a number of years, including a pandemic version last year. We introduced the collective to uh, the audience at the event GI. DYVR, how media bias shapes the gender identity debate. A number of our members attended a Vancouver Public Library board meeting to speak in defense for the library room's rental policy and decision to host Megan Murphy's first GIDYVR still talking event. And we host lesbian social events such as lesbian potlucks. Over the years, so specifically about the Dyke March, over the years, our participation in the Vancouver Dyke March has become bigger and we've taken more of a stand and our, the number of uh, women who've joined us has increased and we experienced increasingly negative attention and backlash from the Vancouver Dyke March organizers and participants. We continue to participate in the Vancouver Dyke March to show our solidarity for lesbians around the world 
who fight for lesbian autonomy and to reclaim lesbians. To conclude this episode, here's a poem by indigenous lesbian feminist poet Christos. It's called Dream Lesbian Lover. There was a time when uh, newspapers had personal ads in the back. I don't know, they may still do that, but at the time that this happened, there was, I, I used to amuse myself on the toilet reading the personals ads. They always gave me a big chuckle <clears throat> because they actually believed that you could write anonymously to everyone in the world about what you wanted and that somehow you would get it. <laughs> Anyway, so I wrote this personal ad uh, with my tongue deeply embedded in my cheek. And it's called Dream Lesbian Lover. Dream Lesbian Lover is there when I get home from work, but allows me silence to unravel, or better yet, isn't there, but has left a note and a little surprise. She rubs my feet for hours. She wants to love me till I can't stand no more, and she rolls over to me, so sweet. Dream lover cooks me hot meals and washes up after. Never arrives without flowers and only brings my favorites. Dream lover has long fingers, a patient, playful tongue, and thrives on five hours sleep a night. She could play the harmonica, weave pine needle baskets, Beat me a wedding sash, write me lust poems and love poems. Dream lover has eyes deep in the sky, feels herself in others, feels our connecting bones, rises early in the morning to make the best rich coffee. Ah, she could bring you to your knees with a look and does. Dreamy woman has a bed of lace and roses and home. She could build a fire in the rain, could always fix my car for free. Could call the dentist to make my appointment, iron my shirt when I'm in a hurry. Knows how to make chocolate mousse, chocolate silk pie, black bottom cupcakes, molasses cookies, sour cream cake, lemon pound cake, and fresh mango ice cream. Oh, such a creamy, dreamy one. She's showing up tonight with a butch pout and a femme slink, a tough stance and a long knowing. Dream lover, she won't have any other girlfriends, but won't mind if I do. Me, uh, me being two-spirit, I really, I like my two-spirit life. I am very happy with my two-spirit life. I don't see it as a bad thing. I don't, I don't see it as a, part of it, I'm, I'm a lesbian. Mm -hmm. But I see my two-spirit side more, very more spiritual. And that was a clip of our interview with Mani Shakabi author of My Two-Spirit Journey, 
the autobiography of a lesbian Ojibwe elder. And we got to know her more last year when she participated in our Montreal Massacre Memorial. The entire conversation with Manny is available on our website. And this is it for Women's Waves. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more radical feminist content. Women's Waves is produced in Vancouver, Canada by Vancouver Rape Relief and Women's Shelter. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Mixcloud and our website. What you're hearing is our theme song. It's called Sisterhood and it's created by Music Liberatory. Every, every